Open them with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. There's a lot of stuff here that I like to review, but there's also a lot of stuff we hadn't talked about yet that I want to talk about. So um, that's kind of the, the, the balance here uh, as we get started this evening. Um, I want to give you enough leading up to this as far as a, re- a review uh, to help really solidify a foundation to to rest uh, these other things on. Let me, and on top of all that, I got other things stirring in my spirit. So let me just talk to you for a minute, get away from those notes, all right? Jesus gave us an important principle. He said he would not cast and that we should not cast our pearls before swine. Have you ever heard that expression? Don't cast your pearls before swine. There's people in the world that use that expression. They have no idea they're quoting a Bible verse, much less quoting Jesus himself. But he said, don't cast your pearls before swine. And so the idea, of course, is you can have a, handful of pearls worth, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and, you know, throw them down in front of a bunch of pigs and those pigs will eat them. I mean, they, in other words, they don't, they don't understand the value. They, they, don't, they don't respect um, the worth of it. To them, uh, it's, it's nothing more than a handful of corn, um, you know, that was thrown out earlier in the day for them. Um, so when Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine, he, he, he was talking about um, a level of respect and appreciation um, that uh, is needed um, in, in order uh, for him to uh, you know, show you and, 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 and teach you and reveal to you uh, some, some really good things. Now, again, this, Jesus didn't say this, all right? This is, <laughs> but it perhaps will be a story that will help you, again, setting the stage for where we're headed tonight. I think most of you maybe in here are familiar with the recording artist, country recording artist, uh, Reba McIntyre. She's been in that industry for many, many years. And, and, um, but when she first got started, she had uh, recorded a song and um, had just kind of one of those, you know, overnight sensation kind of thing. And one of the number one songwriters in Nashville reached out to her and asked her, uh, to come and that, that he would like for her to sing some of his songs, record some of his songs. And uh, so she was very, very excited. She's very young and new to all this. And so it's such an opportunity. And um, so she went, she met with this gentleman and, and, um, and he played the song for her. And, um, and she was like, I don't know what to tell him, but I, that's a terrible song. I don't, I don't like that song. Don't want to record that song, but obviously didn't want to make the man, you know, offend him or anything like that. And so she kind of squirmed around a little bit and she said, you know, sir, basically with all due respect, um, just really not a fan of that song. That's, that's, that's not really, you know, kind of song I'd like to record. And she said a big grin came on his face and he told her, he said, if you had accepted that one, I would have never played you this one, right? And I think the next one he played was her hit, Fancy. Um, so the, the point being, he was wanting to see if she had an ear for and appreciation for um, before he gave her the quote-unquote good stuff. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Praise God. All right, so then if you remember Mary and Martha, um, <clears throat> Martha was busy making a meal for Jesus that he never asked her to make, um, and Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, and when Martha starts rebuking Jesus because he's not making Mary help her, right? It's a long conversation, but the heart of it was that Mary had chosen the good stuff, right? She had chosen the part, Jesus said, that was not only good, 
but that could never be taken away from her. In other words, Jesus was, a, was imparting something into Mary as she sat there at his feet learning from him that day in her home. He was imparting something into her that would be with her. It's with her tonight. You meet her one day in heaven and she'll tell you what he told her that day. She'll tell you what he imparted into her that day and the difference that it made every day of her life since. Amen. Because again, she had placed a priority on the good stuff. Amen. She, she uh, had a choice to make as to what she was going to pursue, as to what she was going to go after, as to what she was going uh, to make her life about. Amen. And, and obviously, you know, there's, listen, I'm, I, I tend to be more like the Martha side of things. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, you know, get that pat on the back. You know, that's what I think Martha was, was more interested in, in, in the Lord talking about how good her food was. And that was a fine meal, Martha. Thank you so much. I don't know if I've ever ate so much. You know, she was looking for, for that kind of temporary accolade and, and that kind of temporary recognition. Um, and Mary could have been right in there with her to get that same pat on the back. But instead, she chose to sit there at Jesus' feet, which culturally in her day, First of all, to be in the room with the men, you know, at the feet of a man, and especially not in the kitchen, um, uh, working was against, you know, it was, a, it was a faux pas, so to speak. Um, but again, she had a choice to make, and, um, and she chose uh, to sit at Jesus' feet. And that's, so when he says what's been given to her, it's the best part, and it'll never be taken from her. Those pats on the back that we, we get from doing th those you know, it's, it's back to that what have you done for me lately kind of attitude, right? Um, but yet, Jesus imparted something into Mary. And I'm telling you that Jesus is still wanting to do that to us tonight and for us tonight. He's, he's wanting to give us the good stuff. Amen. And it's not that, hear me out, and this is where I want to make sure I'm very, very clear tonight in what I'm going to show you in the Scriptures. It's, it's not that, that Jesus is picking and choosing, you know, just randomly, well, I think I'll show this to Vanessa, but I'm not going to show it to Joe. Or that, no, no, it's not that. It's an attitude in the individual's heart that enables him, right? It, it all comes back to something we've been talking about since the end of last year. It all comes back to the person who's willing to give him that place in their lives, right? And when we give him that place, he's then able to give us um, what we're just calling tonight the good stuff. Amen. All right, so let's build on that a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. We said this morning this is an important verse for a lot of reasons, and one of the main reasons is this verse is revealing something about you as an individual that you probably have never understood or at least fully understood before. And, and that is, when God created you, He created you from the dust of the earth. Amen? And He created you in such a way as to whatever's planted in you um, to grow and produce fruit in your life. And we looked this morning, without trying to go back through all of that, um, the Bible in one place refers to us as trees planted by the rivers of living water that bring forth their fruit in their season. And remember, a tree brings forth fruit from within itself. And it's, and it's not that um, you are like a tree, it's a tree is like you. And you and the trees are like our Heavenly Father because He brings forth good things from inside Himself, okay? 
And this is the, the wisdom. This is one of those mysteries, amen, that Jesus is wanting to reveal to us. So we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. That word field there literally means a piece of land ready for planting. The Amplified Bible literally says you are God's garden. You are God's garden. Amen. And so in the same way that physical soil will try to grow and produce fruit from anything you plant in it, your heart will try to grow and produce fruit from anything you allow or plant, allow to be planted or plant in it. Okay? And this principle will work for you uh, for your good and for your benefit and blessing, but it'll also work for you, uh, you know, negatively as well. In other words, the same soil that will produce corn will produce poison ivy. Um, and so, you know, the weeds that are planted there, um, our heart will grow those in the same way uh, that the truth that's planted there, um, your heart will begin to, to grow and, and, and break that down and begin to produce fruit uh, from those seeds planted in your heart. All right? Now, let's go, praise God. Go with me to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. And um, let's begin at verse number 1. Um, this particular parable is referred to as the parable of the sower. And he's talking about here uh, a man who plants uh, seeds. Now, stay with me in Mark 4, but in Isaiah 55, Father God speaking to us through the prophet, he said that his ways were higher than our ways. Amen? God's ways are higher than our ways. And they're not just a little bit higher. They're not just barely above. But they're as high as the heavens are above the earth. That's, that's the gap between, you know, God's ways and wisdom and his ways of producing and getting results and this earth's wisdom, or we could say ways, ways of getting results. There's a huge gap there, a huge gap there. Now, the good news is Jesus came from the world that created this one. He came from the unseen realm of the spirit the invisible realm of the spirit into the visible realm of the flesh, right? And it was, the, it was the unseen, invisible realm of the spirit that produced this visible realm, this physical world in which we live, all right? So I think it goes without saying, but let's, let's say it anyway, all right? If, if one realm produced the other, then the realm that produced this one is going to be greater than this one. In other words, if, if, if there's wisdom in that unseen realm that can create universes, then that's, a, that's, a, that's the greater realm. That's the superior uh, wisdom. Um, there, there are laws of, of physics that we don't even understand yet that you know, again, originated in that unseen realm, if you will, of the Spirit. And so Jesus came from that invisible realm to teach us the ways and wisdom of that invisible realm. To make that wisdom, in this parable, he's going to refer to it as mysteries. To have your attention tonight, he's going to, he's going to refer to it as mysteries. A mystery 
is speaking of secret, sacred, hidden truth. Secret, sacred, hidden truth. Jesus came to teach and reveal to you and me secret, sacred, hidden truth and to make that wisdom, the wisdom of God, the ways of God, available for you to live your daily life according to, 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 to live your life by these things. There is secret, sacred, hidden truth, right, for anything and everything that has to do with you. There is secret, sacred, hidden truth pertaining to marriage. There is secret, sacred, hidden truth pertaining to raising children. There is secret, sacred, hidden truth pertaining to money, how to get money, how to have more money, how to prosper. There is secret, sacred, hidden truth when it has to do with your emotions, when it has to do with your, your, your uh, mentality, your minds, all these things, right? Again, uh, everything that the world has a counterfeit version of, there is, a, there is an original copy. Uh, in heaven, amen, that, that will produce the results that we all need on a, on a level that goes beyond our ability to comprehend with the brain, amen? Are you with me? I keep coming back to this, so just, again, I'm going to get to the verse. Holy Spirit keeps bringing this back up to me. Somebody here, everybody here, but somebody here specifically needs to hear this. If you're familiar with the visible light spectrum, have you ever heard that? Do you remember that from science class in, in middle school, right? I think we learned that in middle school. The whole idea of Roy G. Biv and the R, this, you know, it's how you remember it for the test, right? Red, orange, yellow. And, the, and then so you have red on one end of the spectrum and you have violet, Biv, B-I-V, blue indigo violet on the other end of the spectrum, right? You have that visible light spectrum, right? So what that's saying is, this is the light that we can see. Anybody ever heard of infrared light? You ever heard of ultraviolet light? See, in infrared is on this side of the visible light spectrum. Ultraviolet is on this side of the visible light spectrum. In other words, that's light that your physical eyes can't see. Doesn't, you know, a lot of, they've changed the technology now, but that was the original remote controls were infrared light, right? It would send a light signal to the television to change the channels. You couldn't see it, right? Because your eyes aren't capable of seeing that light. Yes? Do you understand there's more to life than meets the eye? There's more going on here than, see, we all believe it when I see it. Well, there's all kinds of things that you can't see that you believe, right? You can't see the air you're breathing right now, but you better believe it's keeping you alive, okay? So this idea that we, you know, we can see everything. No, 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 see. Again, if you look at the entire light spectrum, the visible light spectrum is but a sliver. It's but a tiny fraction. In other words, there's far more that you, there's far more that you can't see than what you can see. Amen. Amen. Yes, Holy Spirit. And so also, right, you have this whole spectrum of understanding and wisdom. And, and in the same way that there's, there's only a limited portion of what our eyes can see, of all there is to know, there's only a limited portion of what your brain can process. In the same way that your eyes are limited to see all light, your brain is limited to understand all wisdom and, and, and knowledge. Okay? That's why the Bible says that by faith, faith is a function of the heart. With the heart, we believe, right? By faith, we understand the world's reframed by the Word of God. That, that is simply uh, information, wisdom, understanding that your brain does not have the capacity to, to, to process, to comprehend. But your heart can comprehend what your brain can't. 
Amen. Once faith engages, you know, working in and through your heart and life. Are you following what I'm saying? So Jesus came to teach us things that our brains can't process. That's, that's basically that secret, sacred, hidden truth. It's, it, the intellect can't, can't process it, can't understand it, never will understand it, right? Um, it's something that must be revealed by the Spirit. When Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. In other words, G Peter came to a conclusion that afternoon about Jesus that he could have not come to without help from God the Father uh, revealing it to him, not from the outside in, but from the inside of him out. Back to that tree, right? From the inside of him out came this understanding. That's the good stuff. Amen? That's the good stuff. So how is Jesus going to bridge this gap between wisdom from his world that creates universes to um, you know, our wisdom here on, on this planet and our ability even to understand. You do realize, look, listen to me please, you do realize that there are all kinds of things on this earth that we do not understand. All kinds of things. I mean, we can genetically engineer seed, but we still don't understand why the roots go down first and the plant goes... You know, it's in the ground in the dark, you know. How does it know which way's up and which way's down? The Bible says the farmer plants the seed and then he goes to sleep because he knows that he just engaged a process that's bigger than him but will produce results for him. And he rests in that knowledge and understanding. Are you following this, right? But there's still, no, even the, the mystery, and by the way, amen, we can finally talk about it publicly. Um, I'm fixing to be an uncle again. But even more important than that, Matt and Vanessa are fixing to be grandparents, if y'all haven't heard. Will and Brittany are, are expecting, so congratulations um, uh, to you guys. Amen. But again, do you realize that, you know, in Brittany's womb right now is genetic material from Will and genetic material from Brittany that join together and are starting, they're, they're dividing and replicating, dividing and replicating, and forming a human being inside of her womb. Again, there's a mystery to this, right? There's a, how does this work? How, did, how, what in the world, right? Amen. So I'm just trying to show you, there are all kinds of things on planet Earth that happen every day that we take for granted um, that we don't fully understand. Um, and, and that's just what we can see. <laughs> There's all kinds of things that we can't see, amen, that we do not understand. So Jesus comes to make this wisdom available to us. And he's going to bridge the gap with something called a parable. He's going to find things in our world to talk about, tell stories about, to help us get close to the truth from his world close enough for us if we would like to take that step of faith um, into that realm that we can't see but can function in and operate in by faith. And so he tells parables. And this parable, let me just give it to you before I run out of time. Amen. Mark chapter 4 verse 1, and again he began to teach by the sea and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea and the whole multitude on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teaching, listen, 
Behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened, as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell by stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the, uh, but other seed fell on the good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced. So it sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him uh, with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given. Now here we go. To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that, now if you notice that third word in verse 12 begins the single quotation mark. Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament here. So also that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And then, let's go, and we'll try to finish here tonight. Verse 13, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, if you notice, I should have pointed it out when we were reading, on this particular day when Jesus delivered this parable, about the man planting seeds. This was not the only parable. The Bible said he taught them many things in parables. Just on that one day, many things in parables. And if you are a student of the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, you'll see that Jesus told parable after parable after parable after parable. And many times he began those parables by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, He's saying, look, this is how it works in your world. This is how it works in mine. This is how you do things on earth and get results. This is how we do things in heaven and get results. That's why he kept saying the kingdom of heaven is like. This is how we do it in heaven. This is, this is how Father operates. This is, this is how you are ultimately designed to think and, and operate. Not according to the ways of this world, but according to the ways of God. Now, this verse right here, and... I'm not trying to overemphasize this, but I don't think it's possible for us to overemphasize the importance of what this verse is communicating to us. Because Jesus is saying here that if we do not understand this parable, it will be impossible for us to understand all the other parables. All right? Now, notice, so think about what he's saying. If you don't understand this parable, it's, it'll be impossible for you to understand all the others. This is huge given all that Jesus taught us in other parables. In other words, this may be like one truth that's important, but then every parable communicated an important truth. It revealed an important mystery. Secret, sacred, hidden truth. But the reason this parable is so important is that it becomes the master key to unlock all the others. Let me say it one last way, all right? There's a lot at stake here 
Because a failure to understand this one is a failure to understand the rest of them. Alright? Now, this parable addresses the condition of a person's heart in relationship to the Word of God. That's the part that, there's a lot that's communicated here, but if we're going to just get down to the guts of it, the heart of it, the nitty-gritty of it, this parable, if it's about anything, it's about, again, the condition of a person's heart as it relates to the Word of God. In this parable, when Jesus explains it in the verses ahead, He makes sure that we understand that the seed in the parable is representing the Word of God. It's, the seed is the Word of God, and the soil and the different conditions in which the seed landed is the different conditions of people's hearts. Okay? And the one thing that Jesus was emphasizing here that we cannot overlook are these two factors of seed and soil. Now, in natural farming, there could be a problem with the seed or there could be a problem with the soil. Let's say you planted a bunch of seed and none of them came up. Well, now we've got to do something called troubleshooting, right? If you've got... If you got something, you know, lawnmower won't crank or what have you, you, know, you, you, instruction manuals always to the back have the troubleshooting section, right? You know, did you turn it on? Is the battery dead? Did you, you know, in other words, it's, it's going through a list of all possible things that, that could be, you know, preventing the result that you need uh, from taking place. And so, because, G, I'm not saying there aren't other factors in uh, farming, uh, in growing seed, but Jesus didn't include those in this parable. All he, sp all he spoke of in this parable was the seed and the soil. He isolated those two factors in, in physical farming. He isolated them to emphasize them, right? And so again, the parable is the seed represents the Word of God and the soil represents the, the condition or the attitude of an individual's heart towards that Word, towards that seed, okay? So in this um, parable, we see that the, the Word of God is incorruptible. Without going into, you know, showing you a couple of verses and, and a lengthy explanation of what that means, it's just basically saying there's no problem with the Word. Now, in physical farming, it could be bad seed, you know, somebody spilled Clorox on them. I don't know, I'm just being silly here, but you know, something could be wrong with the seed as to, as to why they're, they're not growing, or something could be wrong with the soil, or it could be a combination of two factors together. But again, Jesus isolated two factors, and with the seed, there's nothing wrong with that. Meaning what? Meaning if there's an issue with the truth of God not producing results in our lives, it has to do with the condition of our heart, or more importantly, that attitude of our heart towards the seed, towards the Word. Amen. Now, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Alright, let's do this. Hebrews chapter 4, here's, a, here's again mouth of two or three witnesses. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Let me read it to you real quick. It says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. 
For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Right? It did them no good. It was of no benefit to them. It did not make a difference in their lives. Because there was a problem with the word? Because there was a problem with the seed? No. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So there was nothing wrong with the good news that they were given, but the reason that good news did not benefit them, the reason that good news did not profit them, was because of the response that they had towards it. Was because of the attitude that they... Your attitude is so important because your attitude towards a thing determines how you respond in relationship to that thing. If you have a bad attitude towards a person, you're not going to have good response to them. Amen. Your attitude towards a thing, your attitude towards a person determines your response. So when we see people have a casual, take-it-or-leave-it attitude towards the Word of God, amen, are you, are you understand what I'm saying here? That's, that's also going to, to, to reveal or, or show us um, you know, what their response to that Word is. Okay, now, let's... Um, so seed, then, let's say it this way. Seed is the constant in this parable, but the soil or the condition or attitude of a person's heart towards that seed, that then becomes the variable. Now, I really feel like I've, just by the Holy Spirit, so thank you for your patience, that I want to, I got to give you a couple of verses, and we'll probably start here next Sunday morning, but um, when Jesus says, Amen. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let me give you this same verse from Matthew chapter 13 and verse 11. Just look at it on the screen for sake of time. He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. The the disciples just asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, look, why is it that every time you have a large crowd in front of you, you tell them a story? You tell them a parable. I believe they were, you know, wanting Jesus to get to the good stuff. You know, I'm sure they're probably sitting there thinking, why doesn't he tell all of them what he told us last night by the campfire? You know, I mean, that, that, that was amazing. And, and yet now he's just, you know, talking about a lady who lost part of her necklace. You know, I mean, it's come on, Jesus, you know. Um, why do you always just te- speak to them in parables? And he says, because it has been given to you to know the secret sacred, hidden truth of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Wow. Wow, right? Now, he's going to go on and, and say, to those who have, more will be given, but to those who have not, even what they have will be taken away from them. Remember, those who did not understand the word, what happened to it? It was immediately taken from them. Okay? Now, is Jesus playing favorites here? The answer to that question is absolutely not. So why then would some people be given to know the mysteries? They would be given the ability, let's say it that way, to know the secret, sacred, hidden truth of the kingdom of heaven, but to other people, that same ability not be given. Well, he just answered that to us in the parable, right? It's because of the attitude of the individual's heart towards the Word of God. 
Amen. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin used to say, if you want the Word of God to work in your life, you've got to get excited about it. And what, he, what he's saying there is our attitude towards the Word is, has everything to do with what that Word is going to be able to produce in your life. Let me, let me say it another way. The place that you give the Word of God in your life, back to that where we begin tonight by the Holy Spirit, don't cast your pearls before swine. Jesus is not going to take secret, sacred, hidden truth and throw it out for people who have no appreciation for it, who have no respect for it, who, who, have, no, who have an attitude that, you know, um, we'd rather be doing something else or, or, or what have you. Are you seeing this? Now, let me, praise God. I want to give you just enough to give you these, these last few verses. Praise God. Um, Luke 24, 45 and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And he opened their understanding. See, let's go back to those mysteries, those secret, sacred, hidden truths. Again, they're, they're beyond that visible light spectrum of your brain. This is something that your mind, your human intellect can never process, can never come to the conclusion of, can never even accept, right? The only way you will ever know it and understand it is if it's revealed to you inwardly by the Spirit of God. Amen. So when Jesus says it has been given to them, He gave them that ability. Here he says it a different way in Luke 24, 45, that he opened, one translation says unlocked, I like that, unlocked their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Okay? John talked about this understanding as well and that it had been given to him. We see it in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. Let me read that one to you right quick. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. You can't come to these conclusions by trying really hard intellectually to come to these conclusions. As a matter of fact, your intellect... We'll, we'll fight against these truths. Notice he said that Jesus gave them an understanding. He gave them an understanding. Now, you say, well, they were apostles, Pastor Mark. Well, I got one more for you. Acts chapter 16, verse 14. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. Don't overlook that. Who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Heed means what? Not just hear. Hear and properly respond to. Hear and properly respond to. So notice again, who opened her heart to hear and respond? The Lord opened her heart to hear and respond. Respond. Do you see now why Paul prayed as he did continually for the church? 
that God would give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of our understanding, not, the, not your physical eyes, but the eyes of your understanding, you understand by faith with the heart, that the eyes of your understanding will be opened. Amen. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. That you may know what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance inside of you already. And that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of His power directed towards you in Christ Jesus, which He revealed when He raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand far above all principality power might and dominion and has given him a name which is above every name amen both in this age and the age it is to come that at the name of Jesus what every knee would bow right amen and has given him to be head to the church which is his body the fullness of him who feels all in all he prayed that he said I, I never cease praying this again what that we would be given this understanding, that our understanding would be unlocked, that our eyes would be opened, that we would have eyes and would really see, and we would have ears and really hear. When Jesus said, seeing they don't perceive, hearing they don't understand, it wasn't that they were deaf, it wasn't that they were blind, they saw Him do miracles, they heard Him teach wisdom from heaven, but they never understood it. They never really saw what he was and what he was doing and who he was and what he was doing. But oh, there was those folks who did, right? There was those, and you say, well, they were just special. They were just chosen. No. No, they, they had an attitude towards him. And to, remember in John chapter 6 when Jesus talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and the Bible says that day many people left him and followed him no more. And that evening he's sitting around the campfire again with with, um, with his disciples and he asked him, he says, are you going to leave me too? And Peter said, where else will we go? You have the words of life. One translation says, where else will we go, Jesus? When you speak, something comes alive inside of me. Here's the amazing thing about that though, right? Those men didn't understand that parable any more than the folks who left Jesus. But the attitude was, we have no idea what you're talking about today, Jesus, but we know it's right. We have no idea what you were meaning today, what you were saying today. We have no idea if you're fixing to like cut off a vein or a hunk of your hip and feed it to us, but we're here and we're ready for it if that's what you want us to do, right? Because nobody has the information that you have. We can't find anywhere else what we found in you. And we're staying with you through thick and thin. Whether we understand it or not, you've got the answers that we're looking for and we're hanging on to you and we're staying close to you. And we're, and we're see, notice that that's the response. That's their attitude. Keith Moore talks about I'll finish right here. Keith Moore talks about early in his ministry. When, and if, if you understand his story, he was born again in, in Miss, rural Mississippi and felt the call of God on his life. And he um, was introduced to some teaching by Brother Hagin and just really changed his life. And his wife, Phyllis, just changed their marriage and life. And, so they decided to go to Raymond Bible Training Center and the Lord spoke to his heart and he said, you, you, know, you help Brother Hagin. And he's like, me help Brother Hagin? That, you know, how many thousand people in that school, you know? But one day in healing school, Brother Hagin said, I need some, we need some help. I forget something about setting something up or doing something. He said, just prompted him again. 
you know, well, Lord, you told me to help him, so if this is what he needs, you know. Anyway, long story short, he, he became like a son to Brother Hagen. And um, he remembered one day, he was just, just kind of what we were experiencing earlier, singing that song about the goodness of God. He just, just weeping before the Lord and like, you know, Father, the things you've taught me, the things that you've shown me, the things you've revealed to me, the, you know, he's like, basically like, why me? You know, why? Why did you show me all of this? Why did you teach me all of this? Why, you know, this guy from Mississippi, you know, nobody knew, what have you. Here is the simple yet, to my, I believe, extremely profound answer that the Lord told him. He said, I showed it to you, Keith, because I knew you would appreciate it. showed it to you because I knew you would appreciate it, right? You see that right there? <laughs> see, we think, well, it's because he was so educated or because he had this brilliant mind, because he had a high IQ or because he was such a good boy. No, 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 no. He says, I showed it to you because I knew you'd appreciate it and I knew you'd do something with it. I knew you'd do something with it. Amen. Amen. See, it's attitude towards the word, right? Amen. The secret, sacred, hidden truths of the kingdom of heaven. Father is literally, I mean, he is like just this, looking for somebody on this earth to reveal it to who will appreciate it when he does. I'm talking about world changing stuff. I'm not just talking about life changing stuff. I'm talking about world changing, generational changing um, financial position changing. Just go on and on. Amen. Amen. Well, stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know how many churches we drive past on our way to church on a Sunday evening. Things have changed over the last 10, 15 years. All those churches used to have cars in the parking lot on Sunday night. I'm not trying to like say we're better than somebody who doesn't have a church on service on a Sunday night. Just please hear me. This isn't about pride or, or competition or pretense. It's none of that, right? Amen. I think every person in this room is a prime candidate to have your understanding unlocked in a greater way because you appreciate this word enough to get out on a Sunday night and worship. Remember what Lydia did? She worshiped God. And he opened her understanding to the things that Paul was speaking. Do you realize that Paul spoke the oracles of God? There are things that the Apostle Paul revealed to us about our salvation, our righteousness, grace, the new covenant. I'm talking about things that no one else on planet Earth understood. And yet, this lady was able, I mean, she was right there with him. I, we, we would say it that way, you know. There are times when I preach and... Uh, um, not trying to embarrass my brother Robert, but I know he is a, is a 
Word of Faith and Brother Hagen. I know when I mentioned these Keith Moore, he's you know, he's seen these men. He shook hands with them. You know what I'm saying? He knows them, right? You know, and I'm like, man, I know he's right there with me. He's right there with me. You know, well, again, see, she was right there with, I don't mean physically present, way more than physically present. She was right. I believe she, I believe Lydia could listen to Paul speak and she could tell you what he was about to say next. All right. How could she do that? Lord gave her the understanding. Gave her the understanding. Amen. Amen. You do, you do realize understanding is what you need and what I need. We, we, quick fixes, listen, enough quick fixes. It's time for some understanding. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for these men and women that are here tonight. Thank you for those who will join us later through the uh, online teaching and, and listen to this in the days ahead. I pray over us here tonight and over those that will listen later. Father, that you would unlock our understanding. That we would be able to see things clearly. That we've been clueless and ignorant of in the past. Things, Father, that really didn't make a lot of sense to us, but, you know, just a group of folks loading up, going to Heritage on a Sunday night, so I guess I'll go with them. Lord, from, from that simple act of faith, that simple act of, of desire and hunger, Lord, to being right there with the Holy Spirit as He speaking to us and revealing truth to us and, and showing us things in our inward man that are making tremendous change and difference in our outward man and life reality. Father, I believe that these folks tonight have chosen the good stuff. And my prayer is, Father, that you impart into them understanding tonight that will never be taken away from them hundred years from now, Father, a thousand years from now in heaven, might run into one another and say, man, remember that Sunday night we were talking about the secret, sacred, hidden truths. Here we are, right in front of our eyes. Amen. Father, thank you for the week ahead. Thank you for the divine appointments that you have for each one of us. May we be keenly aware to walk in faith and be led by your Spirit. Help us be the difference and, and make a difference in, in, in the life of somebody else this week. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus.